0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Cold Hard Truth podcast. I'm Jack Smith, and I'm Anish Gupta. And as you can tell, Shrigar's not with us today. You know, he was the other day put on the injury report. A questionable <laughs> game time decision came down to that last 90 minutes. He, he was going through warm ups and, and and just couldn't go today. So we're sorry for any of you guys that had him in your starting lineups. Uh, you're gonna have to try and find a replacement for him. Just dealing with a little a uh, little cough. We told him not to push it. We're just gonna do this episode just us two, but when it comes to the fantasy segment and his picks uh we'll give you those at the end of the episode but it's just you and I how are you doing and how was your football weekend
1: my football weekend was a great great bounce back I feel like it's it kind of happened in a great way obviously to start off Thursday night Carson Wentz beat Jack's Jets makes me feel happy um and then in on Sunday like I mentioned on the pod the biggest game of the Brown season I thought it was the second biggest reg season game for Baker Mayfield and They showed out. They won. Uh, Best performance on all three phases. It was a great win. And then Monday was sad just because, you know, my favorite college quarterback had to be just absolutely hoed by the refs. Um, But, you know, hopefully I don't get fined. Don't find me, Tony Corrente. But yeah, you know, refs kind of sucked in that game. And Pittsburgh, I want to say the other word, but I'm just going to bleep it out. Berg, you know what I'm talking about, starts with an S, ends in IT. Uh, But yeah, that team won. That kind of sucked. But yeah, otherwise overall good.
0: If they if they do find you, it would probably be more than Aaron Rodgers fourteen thousand dollars. <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs> I don't know if you guys follow us on IG, but if you saw our comment, I had commented like he almost he damn near got away
0: scot free. I was like, are you kidding me? Like, especially considering that the the pa- he got the same amount as Alan Lazard, and the Packers got fined like three hundred thousand dollars. And, and it's funny when you fined- put it up. Did you funny. see, that C.D. Lamb got yeah. So I mean, the there's untucked. an explanation for that. It's because like incrementally, C.D. Yeah. Lamb has done this multiple yeah. times, so it yeah. gets to more. But just by putting them up side by side, it's like 14,000 <laughs> for what Aaron Rodgers did, 20,000 for having your jersey untucked. Uh, my football weekend a little uneventful. It was Jets played on Thursday. Mike White got hurt. Game was over by then. But Josh Johnson actually had a <laughs> had a pretty good game. That's why well, like I wouldn't say team. that they would have won with Mike White because a that might have been the worst defensive performance I've ever seen, which is crazy considering that I said the exact same thing two weeks ago against the Patriots. Um, but there were some flashes. I think Michael Carter looked good. Elijah Moore finally had possibly a breakout game. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and the Jets, the offense actually looks like something, which is for the first time in like two or three years. Um, uh, you can actually start to say that Darnell went down with injury, um, but I'm not yeah. sure how much the injury would have mattered I'm sorry. for his I, status as a starting quarterback. Try-
1: you never want to prey on injuries but did you see the tweet that said he couldn't even complete the fracture yeah. like I, I I'm not even gonna like look I wish him nothing but the best I know it's you know it sucks to see someone go down but I did have a chuckle on that tweet. Yeah.
0: I I just I, <laughs> I went if, if it was if I if I didn't love Sam Darnold as much as I do I would have laughed at that one yeah a little it's just tough you know especially the first couple of weeks when he actually looked good I thought there was the the potential for a good season, but we're moving on from that. They signed Cam Newton today, so it looks like they're moving on from him as well. we am not going to talk just... about
1: USC, uh, Arizona State, or You're sure you don't want to mention that one.
0: Did you? Oh, you know what? I, I was actually going to be <laughs> at, Arizona, or at USC Cal this weekend, but you guys I don't, don't we have a scholarship players to play the game.
1: They got postponed. Like I'm actually glad because I am home this weekend, as you can tell by the setup. Uh, so I, I am not gonna miss that game, which is good. I believe it's December fourth. When... December fourth.
0: So yeah, I'll be there December fourth.
1: But we should put up a poll for the for the IG. We should see who you... who they pick.
0: I mean, you guys lost to you guys lost to Arizona. I don't even care that you didn't have. We have
1: some cow followers, so hey, if we win the poll, who knows? Maybe we win the actual That's match.
0: That's true. Yeah. Um. But yeah, but yeah, it was it was an interesting football weekend. There was a, a lot of games that we're not going to talk about in our takeaways that I feel like we should touch on in the intro because, first of all, the Bills lost to the Jags. And you may have thought like that that was probably the craziest game of the week, but the fact that the Cowboys got blown out by the Broncos, it was just it, We're back to that, we're back to that parody in the NFL, just an absolute bananas week. It was crazy you can't lose to the Jags or the Broncos
1: cost me $166 on my five-team parlay that was the only one that didn't hit which I one which uh
0: Broncos or like,
1: Jags uh it was the Broncos one I had because Dallas was uh 7-0 against the spread at the time and I was like all right I'm gonna take them mm-hmm. uh and everything else hit because I did take the Browns money line that was the first time I ever bet on them mm-hmm. and uh but yeah everything else hit I can't
0: believe so you did bad. that
1: I know first time I ever been on my own team and cause it was the biggest game. And I was like, you know what? I know, but I mean, you're so
0: infamous for the, for the, for the curse. Yeah. It worked out, worked out. Well, you want to start getting into our takeaways? Oh yeah, go ahead. We can, we can quickly touch on what Shriekars takeaway would have been. And it, it relates to the Browns. I believe what he said was the Bengals and Browns are moving in opposite directions. Yeah. It kind of felt like once the season started, they were kind of moving in one way. The Bengals were going up from what we expected, and then the Browns were were moving down. But it feels like over the last couple of weeks, uh, you can almost say the reverse. And it seems like this game, which I'm sure he would have argued, was the turning point for that. Yep. Um, and I know it makes you happy. It also makes me happy because I can actually like finally put some faith into the Browns. I can actually pick them. Come, let's come let's let's,
1: let's not get because I I don't want your curse to little trickle in on Cleveland. So
0: hey, just just fine, just keep it they in the back still... of your mind. Super Bowl then, champions.
1: Yeah, if they win, okay. no, if they win, if they win, I will let you talk all the smack in the world. You can say you were right about them. I will get. Just wait till that happens.
0: I let's, will do that. Yeah,
1: exactly. Because I, I know you have faith in them. I'm trying to put faith in them. I just don't want to jinx them. You, with this team, there's just so many, so many things. But I think Shriker's takeaway was spot on when I heard about it. Uh, especially, you know. Week nine, it's a big week, right? Uh, like, you know, halfway through the season, things can t- change, right? You know, in red zone, the witching hour, right? Nope. Like, theres I think you could say that about a season, and I think that can happen at any point. So, big game for both teams, and sucks for you, the Bengals. I think they're still a year away, but uh, yeah, you know, they still got
0: a bright future. They kind of remind me of the Cardinals from last year, how we were saying, you know what, they're close to a playoff team, but with the way the AFC is laid out, they actually have a, still a decent shot of making the playoffs. Um, but I think you're right. They're, they're a year away and they showed some flashes which is as we saw with the cardinals what's happening this year yep. um that can really turn into something once you get a little bit of maturity on the roster um just for them it 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 sucks to see because the first couple of weeks they looked so good they looked very dominant especially that that ravens game it really yeah. got my hopes up for what they could possibly do this season and it's not like everything is gone away um but two two losses in a row to the Jets and the Browns and now you're sitting and I mentioned it in the last episode like if the Browns won the game they're the same record as the Bengals which is yeah and they last in the division which is, I think I think as of now and especially looking at that game moving forward you kind of predict the Browns to finish ahead of the Bengals and that leaves the Bengals I think it might be interesting they might end up still being last in the division just because the Steelers have
1: quite possibly a winning record like that's yeah. that's crazy
0: it, yeah the AFC North is absolutely ridiculous but Uh, to get into to my takeaway and i've hinted at this for a couple weeks saying you know what just maybe one more loss and i'll I'll finally pull this one out kyle shanahan might be the problem in san francisco and it is something i never thought i would say after uh, two years ago in their run to the super bowl and the nfc championship since he took the reins in SF in 2017 he has a record of 32 and 40. if you take out that one season 13 and 3, which is also his only season he's ever gone over 500 as a head coach in San Francisco. Yep. 19 and 37, he has a 33% winning percentage. Similar coaches uh, who have winning percentages around that area Adam Gase with the Jets had a 28% winning percentage, and, and Matt Patricia with the Lions had a 30% winning percentage. So it is not good company to be in. And of course, you can't just throw out one successful season, but Tricard mentioned a tweet, and it was something I was going to say. I think it sums it up perfectly maybe we have to start looking at that season as the anomaly and not the norm. And I, cause with past years, we had the injury year last year, this year, you know, people might put it on Jimmy G the first year you can put it on Jimmy G's injury. Maybe we start to realize that those years are really starting to outnumber the one year he went to the NFC championship game. So maybe those years are, are, are the norm in, instead of the anomaly, like we had kind of thought, but one other thing I want to talk about, because you can point out records all you want. um, It's the doghouse. Like it, it, this season, I feel like anytime that you talk about the 49ers, you have to talk about the players that have just been thrown into the doghouse. And the way that Shanahan is just using his personnel, I absolutely hate it. I feel like he's a good coordinator. I feel like he he draws up a pretty good offensive scheme. Uh, While in recent years, it has not lived up to its potential. And I feel like maybe he's not changing it as much as necessary. Like other, other coaches do specifically Sean McVay. (laughs) The personnel decisions make absolutely no sense. First of all, we know how dynamic of a talent Brandon Ayuk is. We saw what he did last year in his rookie season. And yet for the first eight weeks, especially the first like five Kyle Shanahan just was refusing to use Brandon. Ayuk. wouldn't say why didn't put him out on the field, did not get him the football. And now, I mean, we've seen some flashes this year as well. If you look back to last week against Arizona, but for a team that couldn't win games, not using your better players. I, I just don't understand it the way that he, that he's, use the running back situation this year it makes no sense to me either um he's giving Elijah Mitchell all of the carries when they drafted and they traded up to draft Trey Sermon was a much better in between the tackles runner so it's and for someone who has used a committee for almost his entire career as a coach wouldn't it just make sense to use Trey Sermon up the middle uh, in between the tackles and use Elijah Mitchell for those outside zone runs it just Kyle Shanahan I'm starting to think he might not be a head coach. I'm starting to think he might be better off as a coordinator. He might be better off uh, just handling one side of the wall of the offense and not making personnel decisions because it they've been bad. The 49ers have been very bad since coming off that uh, that Super Bowl game. And I never thought I would say it just because we were all heralding Kyle Shanahan as maybe one of the top coaches in the league, one maybe the best young coach in the league. I'm starting to move off that steadily every week that they – Lose, especially losing to the Cardinals backups. I'm really moving off that opinion of him, and at some point, I know he bought himself some time, but you might have to think about firing him.
1: Perfect explanation. I think it was a great little spill. Um, I mean, forget the last few weeks. I think I've been saying this since last year. Like for me, the the Super Bowl, even right, Niner fans would harp on me, but I put more of the blame on Kyle Shanahan than Jimmy G. I think I've been a Jimmy G supporter. Compared to you know, out of us three, I've I've always kind of defended him, and I I still am going to defend him. He's had some good moments this year. I know I know there have been some bad throws, and there you know we mentioned the chart. Remember how he was at the bottom left and like you know best throws and stuff. But like Kyle Shanahan, look, here's the problem with the Niners, and I think this is why long term I don't think he's the answer. I think the Niners are still four, like they're fourth in their division in the the stuff that matters the most, right? Quarterback. Right. And even, I mean, again, Carroll, right. Maybe Pete Carroll and uh, you know, coach Shanahan, kind of similar, but I think they're like their organization as a whole has been the fourth best in the last few years. I think, you know, the Cardinals, the general manager, I think it's Steve Kime, I believe that is his name. I think so. Um, he's been terrific. I uh, like kudos to him again. Kingsbury has uh, one of my takeaways this year was I thought, or sorry, this week was that he should be the coach of the year favorite. So, you know, he's been tremendous. Carol right with Russell Wilson. I think that tandem itself, we've seen success from them. And obviously McVay who hasn't had a losing season, right? Forget that. He's had a winning season every, every year of his career. He has been, I, again, I think I, if I were starting a team, he would probably be in you know my three coaches that I would start a team with right now. Like he is just terrific. So I think that's my main thing with the Niners. I think they're just fourth. They're lagging behind long-term, which is crazy because the Rams don't even have draft picks. Um, but yeah, like well, I the think Niners how...
0: Either I mean, think about it.
1: Yeah, the Niners yeah, and... tanked,
0: and they moved up for Lance, and they traded away everything. And I was they don't not have a things.
1: fan of the move. I mean, like all these Niners fans were getting so excited, and you got to think about it, right? If trade doesn't win you a Super Bowl, right? Because you were you at the time, you were two years removed from one of the best seasons the Niners have had in a very long time, right? I mean, like this guy has to like this. This franchise is still pretty historic, and it's got five rings to him and they've got pretty high expectations up here in the Bay. I mean, if he can't, you know, win a Super Bowl or even become a franchise quarterback, I mean, that is a terrible, terrible trade because you gave away two years of your future, two years of picks that would just that are right now looking pretty good right now. I think the Niners are on pace to get a top ten pick. So you know, it, well, I think
0: technically they're on pace to get someone else a top ten pick.
1: Yeah, someone else a top, which I believe is Miami. Yep. Um, so again, just not a favorable look for SF long-term I think there's, there's gotta be some questions, which is sad for a historically great franchise that has always had some good years in every decade, 2000s not as much, but you know uh, it sucks to see. And I think for Kyle Shanahan, you know, we got to start questioning it because, you know, I, I, and I also am not a big fan of the way he's kind of addressed the media recently, just again, a little shallow, a little bit of this passive aggressive type of mindset, you know, be a head coach, own up to it. Or, you know, and I, he has a couple of times, but especially with the whole quarterback situation too, I think we were left in the dark a little bit too much. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that's my thoughts on Kyle Shanahan. I think we've, I've also been pretty expressive about it. Not the biggest fan. Uh, I've always said that he's a bit overrated and I've, I've received a lot of backlash for that. Um, but I think it's time to really think about it. Even but, Tricar, I obviously he's not here. He did mention that he would give till mid 2022. I would think about maybe in the off season, thinking about it
0: i uh, think you I, I think they have to wait to see what trey lance does yeah uh, because they could he save him. buy him
1: some time with that but
0: like i don't want to say it's an ego issue because obviously we don't we can't see inside the mind of kyle Shanahan. but there have been a lot of things that have kind of stirred up that possible idea he's just kind of had a ref- ever since the super bowl and ever since uh things started to go awry in san francisco just a refusal to change the scheme yeah, um really. a refusal to kind of own up to some mistakes he's made both personnel wise, both to the media. It's, I don't know. It, it It's just really weird. I'm, it, he's very different than a lot of NFL coaches. I feel like he's kind of in his own mold and when it's, when things are going good, that's okay. And, and it, and it makes sense. You can, you can be a little bit, uh you know, standoffish with the media. You can hold back some information when you're winning football games, but when you're not, the light is the spotlight's really on you and it starts to look bad and i know he had that great 13 and 3 season but good coaches win more than 33 of their games no matter the circumstances i mean yeah, if you gave I mean. bill belichick this roster and and we haven't even talked about the roster and how many talented players that he has access to using it is a top would you say a top half roster in the nfl yeah, I and, I mean, and They've he's got a lot into, of players that
1: are just, you know, they've got huge upside, right? I mean, like Nick yeah. Bosa, right? Eric Armstead, Fred Front Warner. War, yeah, I mean, he's looked terrible. I mean, well, that's also, I think, the loss of Salah. I think that's just a compounding effect. But
0: It is. Yeah, that is true. But just with the roster, it, no matter the circumstances, you have to be able to win more than 30-ish percent of your games to be able to be a head coach or to be considered even a good head coach. I said a couple of weeks ago, I think now he's in that bottom half. He's just slowly dropping more and more. He lost to Colt McCoy uh, to a team that didn't have JJ Watt, DeAndre Hopkins, or I believe Chandler Jones either. It's, it's looking bad in San Francisco. And, and we talked with Shrikar about it and he literally said Kyle Shanahan is a bad coach. And so if coming straight from the mouth of a Niners fan, I think that tells you all you need to know. Obviously it sucks. We, I'm not a Niners fan, but Shrikar is. And I know that we all <laughs> live in the Bay. It's, it's better around here when the Niners are doing well, people are happier And a couple of years ago, we got that big glimmer of hope. And I just feel like after what we've seen right now, the glimmer of hope is like I mentioned earlier, it's the anomaly. It's not the norm.
1: Agreed. Yeah. I think if we could switch it over to a team that a little bit more positive light, Uh, it's a team that we actually haven't had a segment on. And I've been trying to get it for the last few weeks, but now we're finally going to talk about it is the Tennessee Titans. And my takeaway is that they are, the clear front runner in the AFC right now, right now. But I think it's clear. Um, so, you know, to start the season, it's pretty ironic. So I've, I've always been a Titans believer. I think, you know, with Tannehill, I've been the biggest believer out of us three um, especially, you know, uh, a couple of years ago with the, uh, with the run that they had uh, even last year, again, Derek Henry, I think, you know, I'm so glad that they, you know, gave him his own role. Cause I remember DeMarco started over him and then they had the whole
0: thing with uh, Deion, Deion Lewis. Lewis. I remember I mean, like they, the entire was... season. Yeah, there was a really... I drafted Derrick Henry and I had to watch Dion Lewis get more carries than
1: they literally said that Dion Lewis was going to be their number one back over Derrick Henry. And that made me so mad because I, like, so, you know, with the Titans, just a lot of stuff. And they've had these, the four, nine and seven seasons in a row. So they've always been a good team, but And it's ironic because I did bet with Shrigar and another friend who's a Titans fan that the Colts would win the division, but I did say the Titans would still make the playoffs, and right now, obviously, it's looking like the opposite way, Um, but look, the last four weeks, they have beaten, you know, playoff teams that have looked good, right, the Chiefs, the Ravens. Uh, the Rams now I mean like these are they're racking up some really impressive sorry the bills I forgot they are racking the Colts. up some really impressive wins yeah the Colts one was also really good I mean like this and I mean that game team, was
0: kind of handed to them by uh, a certain individual
1: he had one bad two bad series it's fine Cost okay the but and uh, and this Titans team right from top to bottom I think And I know the Derrick Henry loss might hurt them in the long term. I think like, when the game slows down, can you really control the clock right in January? But again, Ryan Tannehill, I think, is a phenomenal leader. He's just a winner, man. Like, I think we got to stop, you know, this whole notion that, oh, he can't be in this top 10. Like, you know, he can't lead an offense. Well, he clearly can. And he doesn't have to go out there and throw 400 yards. Not every quarterback has to go out there and throw their way to a victory. I think it's just controlling the clock pre-snap right line of scrimmage find ways to keep drives alive I think that's what makes a quarterback so good playing to your offensive strengths and that's what Tannehill has been able to do uh, and like we have mentioned right I know Jack uh, was very high on AJ Brown fantasy wise I think overall too I think he's a top yeah. 10 you know wide receiver still a top 10 know. talent um, so he's been great Julio again in and out of the lineup but when he's there you've got that downfield decoy uh, and then on defense I think we need to talk about Kevin Byard and I know you know we love to talk about QBs. We love to talk about wide receivers. Those are like the, you know, the it names, but I love, I love looking at defensive rankings. I love making my own. And Kevin Byard has been the best safety in football. And I don't even think it's particularly close. Uh, He's, he's been first team all pro before. People don't even know that he led the league with eight picks in 2017. That was uh, one of my favorite seasons from a safety ever. This guy has been phenomenal. Uh, Kristen Fulton, a guy, you know, he's kind of battling COVID right now, but he, uh, you know, great corner, uh, Jeffrey Simmons, Harry Landry, all these guys that, you know, you just wouldn't hear about, but they contribute to this winning culture that Mike Rabel has developed. And I think right now they sit seven and two. They've got, they. if you look at their schedule, like they play, they still have to play the Texans twice, I believe they've got, uh, I think the only, you know, games that they could lose are the Pats at home and the Steelers on the road. Like everything else is winnable. I mean, I mean yeah, we've got the Saints game that we're going to have to pick in a minute. But this team, I think is, you know, just well coached, great organization that, you know, in the last five, six years and showing no signs of slowing down yet. So I if I'm a team right now, I would fear the Titans long term in the AFC.
0: Yeah, I think we obviously focused a lot on Tannehill. The, the focus has got to go to the defense. They are what won that Rams game. They made right. Matthew Stafford. Uh, look like Dwayne Haskins, look like Sam Darnold, look like Zach Wilson, Davis Mills. They made Matt Stafford look like a bad quarterback on multiple occasions, on multiple series in a row. Jeffrey Simmons had three sacks in the first half. Obviously, you mentioned Kevin Byard, who's been great. I do agree that as of right now, they should be considered the AFC favorite. But I also don't believe that's saying too much, considering what we've seen from some of these other AFC teams. And I know they just beat the Rams. But I think outlook for the rest of the season, I would still consider the Rams to be the better team, mostly because, and I think it took a perfect performance to barely beat the Rams. Like the defense- I would say was,
1: barely. I think the score, I mean, it was what, 12-point win, but I think the score was a little bit, you know, I think the I, I feel like the game was, was a little
0: bit closer than, than the final score ended up. Um, yeah. But I mean, it took the perfect defensive performance. It took Jeffrey Simmons having three sacks in the first half. It took Matthew Stafford uh, making just- Decisions was, he normally doesn't make. The offense was
1: pretty pedestrian, though. Like right? the, the like it Titans' was, offense or the yeah, Rams' offense.
0: Titans, Titans. Yeah. Rams so uh, that was that was what I was going to get to. Ryan Tannehill attempted one pass over 15 yards, and it was a pick. Yeah. Like I just don't but, think, especially so that, when you mentioned when the game slows down, I don't think the the, the Titans. I, okay, I don't want to say that quite yet, but yeah, they're seven and two. They've beaten these these good teams, but I feel like you know eventually it's not luck, but the, you know they're going to kind of run out of luck. They're good. I think it's just, you
1: know, if we keep, I feel like this is what we've been doing. I think we've been in the last four weeks, I think we've been talking about the other team struggling rather than the titans looking good think about it right yep. mahomes when they went when they shut him out 27-0 in the first half we were all talking about damn what is mahomes doing wrong like what is this chief's offense why is it struggling so much when they beat the bills we all we talked about was that josh allen Ford down and how the bills defense couldn't stop everyone despite being number one coming into the game when you know obviously the colts when they beat the colts everyone was talking about why went sold that game which is true but they also played really well right that's true and true.
0: They've played uh, well, this but past it, week, it right, seems the more. It seems like they're more outlasting their opponents than beating them. It's. I, well, I, I think they beat the. I think they beat the Rams. I think they beat the Chiefs. I do think they beat the Rams, but I think it took a, almost a perfect performance, especially yeah. defensively. Um,
1: Which is, I think that's why, like you know, the AFC. I think is so. Here's what I think I'm learning about the AFC, and I think this is a little bit more general.
0: I think they're beating
1: each other up, right? That's true. So it's 11 teams that are over five. That is, that is insane to go into week nine and have 11 out of 16 teams be over 500, right there. It's very, it's not even like top heavy. It's just, they're beating each other up, right? Like each team has had two losses. Sorry. Well, yeah, more than two losses and each team has lost at home. I think that's a really key thing too. And they're all kind of facing each other. They're all putting, you know, injuries are kind of piling up in these games and they're all kind of, you know, and I, I think I believe I said this too, right? Like the winner of the AFC will probably be the team that is healthiest, yep. and, right? So it's just, it. that's why this conference in particular and the NFC is kind of switched over. It's been a lot more top heavy. I think it's going to really come down to like these games. I'm really like, that's why the playoffs are going to be a lot of fun this year because it might not be the best team that represents the AFC or the NFC. It but might they will
0: ch- be battle tested for sure. Like yeah. that's, they're but, going to be fully trained to be able to take on whoever's in the NFC. No doubt, but
1: I think number one right now, should be uh Tennessee and it is how it is in the standings, but I think they've shown a lot more than what, just what their record says. I think they've locked up the division already. Uh, there's nothing uh, yeah. that Indy can do that, you know, and again, Jacksonville and Texans are bottom feeders. So I think the Titans are, they're chilling up there. They're going to get a playoff game at home and that Tennessee crowd, you guys should be excited. I know Derrick Henry's out, but he could come back and I'm, Oh my God, if he comes back, fresh legs, you're, you're giving a guy of his caliber eight weeks of rest. Yeah, I mean. Oh my god, I'm I'm nervous. I that's why I'm saying like, because I'm pretty confident he's gonna come back. I like just even thinking about that now, I'm
0: I'm nervous. If I'm, I, I mean, he's that. a warrior. I feel like he's got to come back. I, I I would agree with you on the takeaway part that they should be considered the top in the AFC right now. Do you consider them the AFC favorites to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl?
1: I think with look knowing that Derrick Henry can come back in January, right? I'm actually gonna say yes. I like I think because I look when you're talking about a guy again, I didn't even want to mention this in terms of the takeaway, but now I'm thinking about it, right? You're getting a guy like that, fresh legs in January, right? Where everyone's kind of beaten up, and this guy's got 10 weeks to really, you know, kind of rehab, get his, you know, body right upper body, arms, right legs. Oh my god. I mean, like I'm I would be terrified, and then also, right, like Julio. Honestly, you don't even, there are some games where if he's just not, you know, hundred percent, you could just be like, you know what? Just don't play him because they have so many winnable games on their schedule. Yeah, You can really wait to have him at full strength. I, I'm i nervous. I like, you know, the Ravens again, like, I think that would probably be their biggest test, right? Because that's the one team they won't have to play going yep. into the playoffs. Other than that, though, I think, you know, they've, they've really studied each of the teams that they've had to play. They've had to play teams that they're probably going to see in January and they're going to have them at home, right? Because they did beat the Bills and the Chiefs at home. And everyone's going to say, oh, but you have them at home. They're probably going to get the buy, bye. And,
0: yeah. Yeah. To be honest, I feel like just with the rest of their, their schedule, I mean, they play the Texans twice and the Jags <laughs> once again, right? <laughs> yeah. From right about, yeah. It, you're right. I, I feel like they're going to get the buy. I just, I don't know why. I just, I don't think I can say that if I had to pick a team to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl right now, I would pick them. I feel like I can see them even if they do get the buy, I feel like if, if a team like Cincinnati rolls into Tennessee, I feel like they could knock off the Titans. I don't know why. Wow. I, feel like this is, I feel like it's a pretty good matchup. I feel like Baltimore feel like, could beat him. You
1: think Cleveland could go on? No, I, out know, I definitely
0: think Cleveland could. I, I <laughs> like. I still think I, I have Cleveland up there among yeah. the the first couple teams that come to mind when I think of what they could represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. I think, I feel like the bills would beat them again. Um, I think the chargers could, could get could yeah. put up a, a pretty good fight. Um, it's tough. I really like the I really like the Titans. I've been a fan of Tannehill for a long time. I had him as a top ten quarterback coming into the year. Yep. I think their defense is great. We mentioned all those guys and they're the favorite right now, but I don't know. I feel like I can't agree with you on the fact that if I had to pick a team right now best You'd guess think. to represent AFC in the Super Bowl I don't think I could pick Tennessee gotcha yeah I don't think, I think
1: I that's can. a lot of, I think that's what a lot of people are saying I think they're still riding on the kind of the favorites coming into the year which is fine right mm-hmm. we still got eight weeks to go but the
0: the Henry news could could, could swing me though I, I feel like it could Which all is all I'm saying is my, watch I, out for those guys in
1: Nashville because Whew, I'm I'm nervous as an AFC as a fan of a team that's
0: in that AFC race. I, I just it. can't I can't believe they got through this stretch of all of the games that they had. To we play were
1: I re- remember I was saying like the Colts were kind of straggling, and
0: I was like, you know what,
1: Tennessee's got this hard ass schedule. I think they can come back in the division. They surpassed every expectation. They rattled that off that every I win.
0: I mean, they yeah. it was it was amazing. Well, so four
1: and zero in that stretch. Four yeah. and zero,
0: unbelievable. And I, I believe it goes. I, I believe it goes back to five and zero. If you go, it was a Kansas City. They beat uh oh not, in, in I, random I'm order even... Kansas City, Indianapolis, Los Angeles, Buffalo, and there was one more, right?
1: Yeah, I think we're forgetting the one more that they uh beat up on. Uh I can pull it up really quick, but yeah, you're right. I, that's why I'm saying I think four is a little bit less than what I had anticipated. Yeah, I
0: believe because they were two and two, right? Because they lost, so they lost to the Seahawks and they and lost the to the Jets. They lost to the Jets and they won and five the straight. Oh wait, wait. No, no. The the really? one
1: that they beat, I believe, was um Wait, hold on. I'm trying to. You said
0: they're seven and two right now, right? Oh, but it was
1: the Jags. I think it was
0: the Jags. It was the Jags. Okay. Yeah, I think it was part of their. Did you say they're seven and two? Yeah. I want to say that's wrong, right? No, Mm -hmm. no, they beat the Seahawks. They beat the Seahawks in overtime. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well. Obviously, I'm just gonna take it. The Jets, the Jets beat the, the Titans. So does that make them the, without
1: AJ Brown and Julio? Don't get ahead of yourself.
0: Does that make them the best? Oh, yeah, but the Jets didn't have Mike White yet. So,
1: okay. Well, <laughs> I mean, you know, like I think five of their seven wins have been against teams that have made the playoffs last year. That's that's pretty. It's pretty, yeah.
0: It, it's amazing. So even if even if we can't consider them the favorite for the Super Bowl right now, I feel like a little golf clap up to, to what the Titans have been able to do this year. But uh, speaking of Mike White, I feel like that's a good transition into our fantasy start sit segment. Because my fantasy start for this week, uh, again, a player that if you have the ability to, I think you jam into your lineup. You don't think twice about it. It's Michael Carter, uh, running back for the Jets. With Mike White under center, Michael Carter has been just such a great fantasy running back because Mike White is just dump off central, and especially with you're getting a matchup this week against the Buffalo Bills, where I expect the I expect Buffalo to win by a sizable margin, which should mean that the Jets are going to be passing the ball a lot. And with Mike White behind under center, we saw it in the Bengals game uh, and we saw it in the the start, at least of the Indianapolis game, Mike White likes to dump the ball off. So it's going to be Elijah Moore, Jameson Crowder, and mostly Ty Johnson, Michael Carter out of the backfield. I think Carter is matchup independent, uh, which is something you don't get a lot in fantasy football. You see it with guys this year, like DeAndre Swift where you're on just such a bad team, that you're going to get a lot of touches um, invaluable yeah. ones, especially with Carter out of the backfield uh, catching passes. So I think if you, if you have the ability to, you start him, uh, throw him in your flex or you throw him in your running back spot. Some people may panic because the end of the game uh, against Indianapolis didn't like, it wasn't the best stat line he's, he's put up this year, but I feel like you don't panic. You keep him in your lineup. Uh, he's my start.
1: Yeah. So I, I agree with you there. I've, I actually drafted him in fantasy in like four leagues, uh, because I was very high on Michael Carter coming in. Again, we've talked about it, I think, last week, or one of the pod episodes, Jack yep. and I, how we love the pick. It was a fourth rounder out of UNC. But my start, I haven't even told Jack this. It's going to surprise him. It's Hunter Renfro right. uh, from the Raiders. I thought that was just, when I saw that, I was like, damn, I got to I gotta take that one. Because, you know, again, Carr, my one knock on him, as much as I love him, and I think we talked about it before the show, that how much, you know, we've grown to like Derek Carr. My one knock on him is he does target guys a little bit too much he gets a little bit too fixated on guys and especially Hunter Renfro and Derek uh, Darren Waller but hey if you have Renfro in fantasy that's going to help you and especially without you know guys like Henry Ruggs uh uh like you know just out there who's kind of been the other guy who is taking targets away just, I think Renfro is just such an easy guy to gra- grab reception. So if you have him in PPR, I think you start him against this KC defense that just isn't good. Um, and I mm-hmm. think Renfro is going to see a little bit of linebackers, especially be him being in the slot. And if you got Sorensen on Hunter Renfro, good luck, dude. Like good luck. I hate, I hate Daniel Sorensen, especially because of that helmet thing he had on Rashard Higgins in the playoffs. So Please, please, Raiders, please find a way to get on Sorensen so he can absolutely torch him and make Sorensen look silly like Lazard did last week. But, yeah, I'd say you start that guy – I think he's going to get some catches. He, I think he's had above six points in every single game this year. So he's, I want to say he's been
0: double digit in almost every except
1: one in PPR. Yeah, and that was the one he had 6.6. So he he's a he's basically a high floor, not really a high ceiling, but he's know, got he's, he's, he's got
0: no ceiling. That's why he's the exact same guy every year, every week, unless he scores a touchdown, which rarely happens.
1: Yeah. So I would say, you know, if you want a guy that you know is going to get you points and you just need that, especially on a Sunday 520 game or 820 if you're in the East Coast, uh, I'd say you start him.
0: He's kind of a guaranteed 12 points from the flex spot and, and PPR yeah. leagues. And I think that's the, that's the distinction that needs to be made. Don't start him in a non PPR league. No. Yeah. Um, those, there's better yeah, options, those, but I would, yeah,
1: there's probably better options, but it is a favorable matchup. And I think he does get, you know, a decent amount of yards and maybe a touchdown against this KC.
0: Yeah. We'll see if he gets in the end zone. Obviously that boosts his, his stock up so much. Uh, Shrikar start this week was Carson, Wentz. His, Carson Wentz. <laughs> Wentz. Walk it to him Wentz. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I think it, it makes sense. They're playing that they're playing the Jaguars this week. One thing that I, if I was going to make a little counterpoint to streak start is you might have them running the ball a lot. But even we saw that last week and Wentz was still able to convert uh, in, in the red zone and, and get some passing touchdowns and rack up some points. I'm I am starting. Say, yeah, I'm starting Wentz in one though. league this week over Kyler Murray, just in case if, if Murray.
1: I'm doing the exact same thing. literally. If if Murray plays, it'll be more of a
0: game time decision. But I don't know. I feel good about Wentz this week against Jacksonville. So I think it definitely makes sense as a start. Probably rank Carson Wentz as like a top 12 quarterback this week. Just chalk it up to the matchup. My fantasy sit this week.
1: He he beats on bad teams. He does. He definitely does. So
0: start him. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely start Jonathan Taylor because, I mean, this dude's going to go off again. Uh, Fantasy sit this week is going to be DJ Moore, and that it may seem crazy to say, considering that a lot of people still consider DJ Moore as a wide receiver one in fantasy just because of that crazy start he had to the season where he was just putting up. He was, he was a PPR nightmare, but since that start, he's been the wide receiver 65 when it comes to points per game in fantasy football. I mean, Sam Darnold has been bad, but P.J. Walker is worse. The Arizona <laughs> defense is, is one of the more surprising defenses we've seen this year. He could get shadowed by Byron Murphy. And while the volume that he was getting from Sam Donald and the Carolina Panthers offense was really good and very valuable to start the season. I just feel like you can't say the same thing about the Panthers, this offense, DJ Moore, I think that you kind of have to start looking into the numbers a little bit more, as opposed to being clouded uh, by the way he's, by the way you started the season. Of course, if you can't afford, like, I mean, don't start, I don't, it's interesting Would I start a guy like Hunter Renfro over DJ Moore? I think I probably would. I would. I, but I mean, you go down I the list. Would. Like if, if you're starting guys like Elijah Moore or like Rashad Bateman, like some of those guys that maybe are more of those waiver wire targets, maybe you still lean with more, you bank on the, you bank on the upside, but I, I just feel like the, he, there is definitely not the upside that was there at the beginning of the season. Plus this yeah. offense gets Christian McCaffrey back. I just feel like it, it's kind of a, an easy sit choice And it's a hard one to like actually do with your roster because it's, it's it's a tough pill to swallow, but I think you have to sit DJ more. And I think we can't consider him wide receiver one, maybe even not a wide receiver two in fantasy.
1: Yeah, I agree with you there. I mean, it's been disappointing, especially because I do have him in the league, but uh, my sit of the week, I know this one last week too, you know, he didn't play this one. I'm going to stay with the Cardinals Panthers game. It's going to be Deandre Hopkins. I think he's going to play, but, and I know you would want to put him in just because again, kind of the name that he brings and considering where he was drafted, but look, stay away from a guy like that. I know just one, the injury concern and two. And even if he does play right, like he's going to probably get shadowed by Stefan Gilmore and he's not look this, this Cardinals offense, it's got five valid pass catchers, five like that. That's so many. And even if, you know, Colt McCoy or Kyle, whoever's under center, they're going to have a plethora of options to spread the ball to. Right. So, and I feel like, you know, especially with Arizona, I feel like they're going to run the ball a lot more, right. Get James Conner going, even out the backfield as a receiving back. He had some good receiving touches last week. Just stay away from Cardinals receivers in general. I would say it's hard to really pinpoint one. Um, But you know, if DeAndre Hopkins doesn't go, maybe Christian Kirk, he did have a good game last week, but like, again, I wouldn't start D hop.
0: So James Conner and PPR leagues had like 40.1 points last week. Is he, is he going over or under 20 points this week?
1: Ooh, that's a good one. Well, I'm starting him uh, in two leagues, so I really don't want to jinx it. Um, but I think, look, 20 points is a big margin. Uh, it really just depends on, I think, I think it'll, he's a very touch. he used to be a very touchdown dependent back. He still but, is. I mean, that's a crazy thing. But it's but like now every he's week. Getting, but the thing is, now he's going to get volume. That's because true. Because Chase Edmonds isn't there. Yeah. So. I don't know. I think you know you could definitely bank on the over, but I'm just gonna say under so I jinx it. Yeah. <laughs> Knock on wood for that he gets over 20 points. It'll help me in a lot of leagues. But um yeah, I think it's it's I think twenty. I think that's a good here's what I would say. I think 20 and a half is a good over under to put for him. And I think yeah. boom, like you know how in ESPN they do the boom bus, boomer potential. bus,
0: potentially. I think yeah.
1: 20 points is the perfect say place to say if he goes over, that's a definite boom. And if he goes like under, you know under like 12 it's a bust because considering the volume that he's
0: going to get one interesting sit I was thinking about this week was actually Aaron Jones and it it it, I mean that's just crazy to say since he's like the running back six I think on the season or something like that Um, but in in recent weeks especially last week he's been pretty disappointing and what I would chalk up last week too is the fact that without Aaron Rodgers they needed to protect Jordan Love they used Aaron Jones in pass protection so much because he's clearly the better uh, pass protecting back compared to AJ Dillon so I feel like if if Aaron, Aaron Rodgers does not play Aaron Rod, or Aaron Jones is a very interesting set. Like in one league, as of right now, I'm kind of assuming Rodgers doesn't play. So I'm starting DeAndre Johnson over Aaron Jones. And it sucks. I mean, I've got well, that. Team that's, so a that
1: good, that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good,
0: that's pretty good back. The team. Yeah, no, the, that team, I have uh, DeAndre Swift, uh, Ezekiel Elliott, Aaron Jones, and I picked up DeAndre Johnson this week. And it's like, I don't know, it's, it's a pretty tough one, but I feel like if you have the ability to, like I would say, I think, I think I do in that league, you maybe start to think about sitting Aaron Jones if you don't have Aaron Rodgers playing sugar sit this week was uh, Adam Thielen going against the Baltimore Ravens, the Minnesota Viking, or no, the, the Los Angeles chargers going against uh, they're going to get Dalvin cook going. I, I think that's where the rationale was uh, for Shrikar is they're going to run the ball a lot less targets for Adam Thielen, a disappointing week last week. Cause you know, he's the wide receiver too. And that offense. No. um,
1: <laughs> he garnered all the double teams by Marlon. And I believe not Deshaun Elliott. Cause he's injured. I think it was Tavon young. No, I forget who I, they might've put fuller on him. I, I don't remember, but they double, they double teamed him so much. And if you look at the throws that Kirk cousins had thrown him, he had seven targets and four out of those missed ones were just awful throws. So it's like Baker to Odell. Yes, exactly. And, but worse because it's Kirk cousins to a guy that I really like versus Baker to a guy that I don't like. So that made me really mad. Um, But, you know, yeah, I guess I can see the reasoning for Adam Thielen. I'm still going to start him because, you know, he's one of my favorite receivers in the game, but, you know, I can see his reasoning.
0: Yeah, so again, like we say every week, if you have more of these fantasy start questions, you're watching this on YouTube, just leave them down in the comments section below your specific ones because we'd be happy to get back to you guys. Whether you're watching this as a full episode or as a clip on YouTube, just leave them down there in the comments section. You can also go to over to our Instagram and we'll try and put up a poll yeah. asking you guys for your specific starts decisions because we want to get you guys. Uh, some our record's wins. pretty we have- good.
1: We're pretty. We've got a pretty good resume so far. Pretty good so.
0: track record. Uh, go starting. We started this two weeks ago, and I, I feel like. It, we're over like 75%. We
1: missed one, and that was the Cooks garbage time. Yeah. I
0: think that's and the then, only one Yeah. I, right? I don't think, I forget who my sit or who my start was last week. Taysom uh, Hill, he didn't play. So, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, like, we had, we're, we were all like one and one because the guys that we had didn't like, like didn't play. Like, Kyler didn't that's play. That's exactly what I said. I said, I said,
0: I said, start yeah. Taysom Hill if he plays. And I don't know what they're doing with Trevor Simeon. Like, why are you starting Trevor Simeon?
1: Yeah. I mean, hey, he scored, he scored like, you know, he came back down 16. So,
0: that's true yeah so we'll see that's another that's another perfect transition actually because uh we're going to start picks and they're actually the first game that we're picking today uh pretty good can week, we recap week, how
1: actually. jack lost the week
0: i did Just, lost the week. I lost the week. I, lost, I lost the week by one point we're coming back at, uh six games above you though right
1: we're coming back
0: we're, i coming told back. you yeah i'm coming uh, back uh, gradually after that
1: horrendous horrendous forgettable performance that, that
0: was that was still i think maybe my favorite part of this entire season so far. Uh, but yeah, so I think I'm up by one fans. You guys are tied with streetcar in second, one game behind me and East down there uh, six games behind me, but still time to get back. We've got almost half the season left. So there's plenty of time. We've got five games on, on the docket today. The rest of course, on our Instagram, every week in the polls, you can find that down in the description. Saints versus Titans. We get two teams. Uh, we just talked about Simeon we talked to the Titans a lot. Are you sticking with your, are you sticking with your AFC favorites? Hell yeah. I'm sticking with the AFC favorites. I got the Titans in this game. Uh, I
1: think here's my thing, right? The saints, I think that was a demoralizing loss that like, you know, just that because you beat the bucks and you go in against a divisional rival and you kind of lose like that, that Matty ice throw to Cordell was nice. That was, that was Matty. Nice. We yeah. got <laughs> Matty ice. That was Maddie Nice. So uh, yeah, Tennessee versus the saints. I got the Titans here. I think they're going to bounce, you know, back coming back home. Uh, it's, you know, that crowd's going to be roaring. Uh, I think the Saints will have some decent fans there just because it's pretty close by. But, yeah, I got the Titans in this one.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm going to go with the Titans. I'll play devil's advocate for a minute, though. I think that one thing that could really limit the Titans' ability to win this game is the fact that the, the offensive line for the Saints has, has been pretty good this year. I feel like they might uh, limit the pass rush that we saw really explode last week within the Tennessee game against the Rams. Um, but I think as of right now, Put the, the Titans... to their
1: defensive line. And the Titans offensive line. Yeah, that's true. So if they would not see that, we
0: honestly didn't see that make as much of an impact last week and they still, they overcame their offense, not playing super well. uh, And they still won that football game. I think this will be, I don't want to, it's not a lopsided game for sure. And I'm, I'm balancing out whether it will be low scoring or high scoring. I feel like it might start out low scoring and the Titans might eventually pull away. I've got them winning this game. Break
1: the game open with like just this one big play. Probably and that's yeah, it. Feel like that's kinda, it
0: feels how it. it feels like it's going to go into half being a low scoring game uh, and then just kind of burst out the gates and probably both teams uh, score some garbage time points and ends up around like
1: bet the over uh, bet the under then on the first half points. I guess
0: I guess I, I feel like it can make sense. But then again, you know that we're going to be wrong. It's going <laughs> to jinx the crap out of it. Uh is also going with the Titans. Browns Patriots is our next game.
1: I'm going last. I'm You're going, going last, last. yeah. Going last. Let's let's Shrie, let's give Shrikar's pick because you obviously know who he's going with because he's picked against the Browns, I believe, the last five or six weeks in a row. So, could you want to reveal it or do you want, yeah? To, so, well, so,
0: yeah, uh, a key thing is Nick Chubb looks like he might be out for this game. We are offering contingency, uh, which I guess we will offer to you fans as well. Uh, so once we see what that Nick Chubb decision, if you if you feel like switching your pick you can go with that. Shrikari is going with New England right off the bat. I don't, I think he said that even if Nick Chubb is back, he still feels like he's going to go the Patriots. Soccer. They're at home, they're at home, so obviously it's it's tough to pick against the Patriots at home, and it's tough to pick against the Browns, seeing their track record this season, but I want to be hopeful. I I want to be able to pick the Browns. I, I still think they're a really good football team, and to be honest, I feel like even without Chubb, the Browns have shown that they can run the ball, whether they can do it against the Patriots, it's a different story. So I'm still going to be looking at that contingency. Uh, if, if Chubb is, is out, maybe I'll uh, reconsider my decision a little bit, but I still have faith in Dearness Johnson. I'm going with Cleveland. Uh, it would be a big win kind of kickstart the down the stretch run to end the season. Uh, I, I hope the Browns win.
1: Um. Okay. <laughs> I'm really nervous. This is, like, you know, I, I said last week that this that was the biggest game of the season. It would be a really telling tale. This one is also really big just because I think it's it's against a really good coach. This is probably the best coach that Kevin Stefanski has gone with head-to-head, right? Uh, Since Andy Reid last year, or sorry, An- Andy Reid this year. So, you know, it would be a great telling test to see how Kevin Stefanski can match up against Bill Belichick's defense, right? Of a defense that has looked oh my, like just lights out. Um, And, you know, JC Jackson like, I think the best part about this is that we have so many receivers where he, Baker can spread the ball and doesn't have to, you know, think twice about Odell versus JC. Right. And like, I think that's such a big thing to think about going into this you know game. Um, key will have to be to contain Matthew Judon, like that, that guy lines up all over the line of scrimmage. And I'm very scared of him uh, considering that Jack Conklin is still out, but you know, I think the Browns are kind of going in this would say like, Hey, you know, now we can really focus on just our team. Like, think about it right now. We haven't just, we, we, people have just media is fixated on just OBJ, not the Browns. I think that is just huge. That is a huge, huge thing that I've been trying to say for the last, I don't even know how long, like over a year and a half, but um, you know, to kind of sum it up on this game, right. I know there's contingency, but I'm going to go with Cleveland as well. I think this is just a huge morale boost. If they do win knock on wood, that they do win. got to knock on wood for him. So, yeah.
0: I think one of the interesting things is it's talks about all the time, Bill Belichick, when they go in and they defensive game plan for a game, they just go and they take away the best part of your offense. And I feel like now that you've, you've got, OBJ, what is the,
1: what is the best you have? There is is
0: spread very evenly, especially with Chubb out too. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's going to be the run game. I feel like they'll probably just key in on the run game, but so maybe that is valuable that that Chubb is, is out. It doesn't matter quite as much Uh, I just feel like this Browns team it seems very even keeled on offense I I hope they can continue that it's what we saw without Odell last year for some reason whether you can explain it or not it seems like it's the truth uh, i so, was throwing
1: my hands up like this the entire game because i was like wait you mean to tell me that baker's better without odell and all these guys are saying baker sucks i, I, I don't know
0: i was trying to tell you but it makes no sense but mean? it just seems like it's reality so I, I think it's kind of what we have to go with the next game vikings and chargers we mentioned it earlier streetcar could start again he's actually going with minnesota he's picking the upset in this one of course chargers may be the worst run defense in the league minnesota uh they run the ball pretty well. Uh, Dalvin Cook hasn't had a big blow up game yet. He might this week, uh, whether he plays or not. I'm still not sure considering the stuff I think that's I, going on. Yeah, I field. think he will. I think this again, it's just you need more time for this to really sort out. Yeah, we got to We got to see some of the facts come out before we decide to talk about it. But he's he's going with Minnesota. I'm sticking with the Chargers. I think last week was such a big win for the Chargers coming off that loss against New England. If they lost that game. Their, their season can kind of start to spiral. They'd look a little bit more like the old Chargers. But to stand in and to just hold the ground against the Eagles, eek out a win, I think that was absolutely huge for the Chargers. It would be big momentum. And I just have more faith. Like right now, it is so hard to have faith in the Vikings considering what's happened to them in, in past weeks. I said that they had the matchup advantage last week. I even said about midway through the game, oh, dang, I should have gone with Minnesota. But, of course, they do what they've done for a while under Zimmer, and they just blew the game.
1: Yeah, look, uh, Vikings fans are calling for Zimmer's head. Uh, I agree with them. Again, this team culture is just, it's kind of shattered. I mean, like, uh, I don't know if I talked about it on the pod. I might have. When Dalvin Cook stiff-armed a Dallas Cowboys defender, I think it was Jabril Cox back in a couple weeks ago. Nobody went, nobody hyped him up on the sideline. Like everyone was just like, okay, like, like that, that's crazy. Like if you look at when Derrick Henry did it to Josh Norman, did you see the Titans sideline? They went berserk, right? Like any big play. You should see a team, you know, rally around your guys. And I think that's kind of just a trickle down effect from Mike Zimmer. again, if the players don't have confidence in your coach, that's just a bad sign going forward. They'll have to travel across country from Baltimore all the way back to L.A., right? So it's a two game kind of road trip. Uh, which is never favorable for a team like this. Um, And I think for the Chargers, you know, a little bit uh, injuries on the back end, but Derwin James has been healthy and he's been playing like a top two safety in football. So uh, I'm going with the Chargers as well. Uh, I think the key for them is to just, you know, control the off control time possession. Uh, I did watch Justin Herbert's interview with Colin Coward. I believe it was yesterday. My God. I mean, like I've seen him now three interviews. He is one of the most humble and mature quarterbacks I have ever seen, like, like ever, been, like for someone this young to just talk so, you know, eloquently and just, you know, answer every question with appropriate detail. Uh, You know, he was always a smart guy coming out of high school and college, 4.0 guy, just again, talented dude, wish nothing but the best for him.
0: And he's pretty good at football. So uh, that, that might, that yeah. might, give them a slight advantage in this game the next game Eagles Broncos I mentioned uh when we were talking off camera I hate this game I mean it's such a it's such a tough pick we've seen the the Broncos are on a roll uh the past couple of weeks they're five
1: and four I don't even like you know like they, they still have a chance in that you know kind yeah. of wild card even division race I guess like I don't even know
0: a couple of weeks ago, we were saying that oh my! After they lost the to the Broncos or to the Ravens, Brown. and then their next loss, I forget to who they, they we lost four in a row. To they cannot. They Brown. were we were saying they can't beat any good teams. They've only beaten bad teams, and then the last couple of weeks they've beaten some pretty good teams. Uh, especially Dallas being the main one. I I was leaning the Eagles. Before we started to talk about this, I think I'm actually I'm gonna go with Denver. Uh, I just feel like they're on a roll right now. It is gonna come back and bite me in the butt. I I already know. Uh, Shrigar's going with the Broncos as well. It's just they're on a roll right now. I feel like right now I trust them a little bit more than the Eagles. If Devonta Smith can get going though, like we've seen uh, last game, it'll be a huge matchup this time. Him and Patrick Sertan will be yeah. super entertaining. Uh, but that Alabama make-
1: guys going at it like they did in practice all, all those yeah.
0: Times. We'll we'll see about that one. I'm I'm going with Denver right now feel like no matter which one I pick, I'm going to be wrong because, honestly, I don't trust either of these teams.
1: Uh, as unfortunate as it is, I would love to disagree with Jack, but I'm also going Denver. They're at home, mile-high air, young quarterback. You know what that means, right? I always favor the mile-high air against a young QB. That's I think that was kind of the doing end when I picked Washington over Denver So uh, last time. So I'm going to go with Denver here. Also, one out of the two, Devontae Smith and Patrick Sertan. Sertan's been playing like a top-10 corner overall right and smith's been playing like a top 10 rookie so i think sertan has been playing really really good yeah he's been super uh, consistent he's just yeah, not making
0: mistakes it's like he's this- had to
1: play against some really good receivers that you know as unfortunate as it is Devontae smith's a great guy but just receivers are better than him right now so uh, i'm probably going to lean on Sertan in this matchup and i'm also going to lean to denver here uh which really sucks i really wanted you to go with philly um but yeah
0: we got a big prime time game uh th- this game could decide the afc west already in the season it's the matchup that we've been kind of waiting for to see uh it's the Chiefs and the Raiders and right now the Raiders going through a lot of turmoil the Chiefs going through a lot of stuff on the field just can't get it going it's a huge matchup i'll go last you can go first
1: can we go with shrigards big first uh yeah Shrigar's
0: Shrigar's going, with, going the with the chiefs so yeah, going, with, going, the going the chiefs. with the chiefs <sighs>
1: this this one is really tough like i look because, you know, in a game like this last year, you know what I would have done. I would have done my signature, my home boy, and I would have said the Chiefs are going to win this. But this is a, like, th- look, I haven't, when is the last time the Chiefs have genuinely looked good? Like, all phases. I think it was the Washington game, which was, like, five weeks ago.
0: And they didn't and even it, look good for the majority of that game. But, like,
1: the first half. Then the second half, they just steamrolled them and then beat them, like, 30 to 13 or whatever. <sighs> this one's really tough. It's at LV. Look, and I think this is where my, my, you know, my new found fandom of car is going to be tested. I'm going to go with the Raiders right now. I I think as, as, you know, law, like, you know, a heartbreaking loss to New York, I think they're really going to focus in now they're a week removed from the whole situation, really, you know, set up, focus on these next couple of games, you know, get those, that loss out of the head. You know, that was kind of the whole heartbreak, take your anger out on a division team that has, you know, kind of memed you and laughed at you for the last few years. Right. So Mm -hmm. I think this is a huge morale boost for them. If they win this game, I think they make the playoff. Like, I think like I think this is a game that can really set forward a great kind of run by the Raiders and knock off. Because remember, we talked about this. They always start hot, off hot and then just burn out, right? Two straight six and four starts, and they just have fizzled out to seven and nine uh, or eight and eight. So I'm going to go with the Raiders here. I'm really hoping that Derek Harkin's kept up like this because I just, I want to see this man succeed, especially after what he's gone through this year.
0: Yeah, I think last week, obviously, it's it's hard to look past that Giants game, but I feel like there's a couple explanations. Of course, just with all the turmoil going on uh, in the facilities and stuff like that, but also, while Henry Ruggs, he was having a, an okay season catching the ball. The ability that he brings, he's the only, he's basically the only fast player on that offense. <laughs> uh, <so he's laughs> the, yeah, Renfro's
1: not going to outrun you. I'm
0: that is Brian Edwards, yeah. Darren Wallers. Is fast, but he's still a tight end. You can't really stretch the field with a tight end. Henry Ruggs stretched the field. He opened up so much for them. And the Deshaun Jackson signing, once once Ruggs was released and Deshaun Jackson was out there, I said that was a move the Raiders absolutely needed to make. I think they realized it too. And it's, you know, you see some players, they come in and you say, oh, well, they've got to learn the scheme first. They're going to tell Deshaun Jackson to line up and run straight as fast as he yeah, can. Yeah, it's
1: li- he literally is brought in on limited snaps to just run down the field. That's yep. all he has to do. Like he, he would hop in the Rams games for literally like five or ten snaps. They'd say, you know what? We're gonna throw you maybe two balls, right? Two deep balls a game. Just make what you can do with it. That's yeah, and, literally what they do. So yeah.
0: so I, I think that is going to open up the Raiders' offense. Uh, because I mean we saw last week it just it was it was bad and they lost the Giants, but also the, the Chiefs run defense. It's just been terrible this year, uh, and I think Josh Jacobs and Kenyon Drake can probably both have good days on the ground, assuming that they – at Jacobin Maybe a fantasy plays. start,
1: Jack? Maybe a fantasy
0: Honestly, start. you might be able to start both of them, yeah. um, it, it just with the Chiefs. It, we say it every week. I, I just don't know if I can trust them quite yet. As much as we want to go and say, you know what, it's the Chiefs, it's Mahomes, let's do it. It just has not been the same this year. They for got whatever very, reason.
1: they got very lucky with that Giants win, and then a huge break with Aaron Rodgers not playing. I
0: mean that, huge and they still break. barely won. That game was horrible on both sides. It was, it was just bad. Um, so yeah, I just as it's much as I want to go with the me? Chiefs, as much as I want to go with the Chiefs and say, dude, they're gonna be fine. They're gonna, they're just, they're gonna walk this off. It's okay. I don't know, man. Something's different with the Chiefs this year, and every week we just look to see, okay, is this the week? I don't know is this week? Nope. So I I feel like another one of those times, this is not going to be the week. I think the Raiders win it and good for, good for the Vegas, good for all Raiders fans, because they deserve uh, after, after what the chiefs have done to them the last couple of years and, and everything and just dominating that division. I feel like the Raiders fans will be very, very happy. Also this game being in Vegas, huge bonus. uh, And as opposed to being an arrowhead, if it was an arrowhead, maybe I lean the other way, but I got the Raiders in this one. That's kind of all we got to talk about. Anything on the dagger? Anything else you want to talk about from last week, this week, uh, before we wrap the episode up?
1: Uh, let's knock on wood that uh, Carson Wentz has a good game. We already knocked on the Browns winning. Uh, should we knock on the Jets losing? Probably will anyway. Dude, Mike,
0: White's back. Mike White's back on the lineup.
1: If Mike White can beat Buffalo.
0: <laughs> <What's>, yeah? <laughs> what what does Mike White money. have to do against Buffalo to earn the starting job?
1: Look, if I'm being – yeah, that is true because, you know, we can't just bank on one week. But he looked really good against Indianapolis, the snaps he played. He did. If, I don't know what would be enough for him to earn it. I think if, like, you know, if he outplays Josh, maybe, you know, puts him in within a, a possession, right? Because it, it's at New York, I'm pretty sure, right? So uh,
0: Yeah. So, Either way, know, it's pretty close. Yeah. If, you know, if
1: he I, – I think, you know, like – I don't know what the spread is, but I might actually take – if, if they're favored by more than 10, the Bills, I might take – I want to say 10. it's like 12 and a half. I might take the jets plus 12.
0: This is the first time or first time in a while uh, that the, that the bills have been favored by double digits over the jets. And the last, the only other three times they've been favored by double digits against the jets. They've outright lost. Yeah. So here's, I thought that was, I thought that was funny. Here's thought, what,
1: yeah. So here's what, I, Uh, here's a betting rule for all you betters out there. Always bet on a home team. That's f- like favored to lose by more than 10 this year. It's been undefeated. Really? Jags. Yeah. Jags, jets, Texans. Yeah, if they are favored by to lose by and it's at home, at home, do it.
0: So, I might have interesting. Yeah. Uh, I, the Jets are going to lose this week, but I think it's interesting. Mike White, it, it, he has a possibility to make it a tough decision for Robert Sala. And with Makai Beckton coming back into the lineup soon, with Corey Davis, uh, I think he's going to play this week. The Jets could be in an interesting spot to kind of turn into maybe that Dolphins team from a couple years ago, win some games down the stretch. I still think they're they not going to
1: have a winning season next no, year. No, no,
0: I still think I my I, I said that coming into this year, six wins was what I was expecting. Yeah, I actually
1: agreed with you on that one. Do you I think remember. it's still possible? What do they at two and six? I They've don't beaten, know.
0: The two, yeah, they're two and six, and their wins are against the seven and two Titans and the five and three, five and four. Um, yeah. Yeah, 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 Bengals. Yeah.
1: Nah, I don't know. It's tough you don't think It's so? be tough to see. Yeah. I mean, well, you shouldn't probably not hope for that. You probably want a better draft pick going into next year. That's but... true.
0: And, and we need the Seahawks to keep losing games. I, I need yeah, Russell yeah, Wilson that's to, true. to. I mean, I will say
1: this, I will throw this out there Uh, for, you know, if anyone who's still watching, I think one of three teams will make the NFC playoffs. I believe I said Atlanta, the Giants and the Seahawks. So maybe if we could put that up as a poll, which team you guys think out of those three uh, would make the playoffs.
0: Maybe we could do that as a YouTube yeah, let old. us know down in the comment section i i feel like no matter what that team's gonna get blown blown out by, by the rams or the Bucks. i'm rooting season.
1: for atlanta man I, I you know love to see them back in there you know, especially i'm rooting for cordell patterson that let's, get, let's
0: get let's get Matt, matty ice back into the playoffs one more time before the the falcons move off of him this offseason but uh i think that's all we have for you guys uh thank you so much for listening to the episode like i say every week if you're on youtube please consider hitting the like button the subscribe button leave us those comments that we asked about uh, and you can go down find anything you need in the description. If you're on Spotify or Apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, you can subscribe to the show, go down, market his play, download the episodes and leave a five-star review. If you really enjoyed it, we'll be back next week. We hopefully street cars back. Uh, I don't think he's going to be put on IR. I think he's gonna be perfectly yeah. fine. Good to go for next week. But anyways, thank you guys so much for listening and we will see you next time.